podcast where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever else can match it up off topic with. My name is Chris and we are live from the uh, sunroom of Theo the cat. The recovery, the running recovery sunroom and Theo's lounge spot. We got all the recovery tools you could ever want. We're going to talk a little bit about them later. And this is Keen, by the way. My favorite recovery tool is Theo. Don't spoil it. Oh. Wow, I'm sorry. I'll talk about Theo later in the podcast, I promise. It's not the only cat that's, uh, you know, kidding around about here. We also got a kit, cat, whatever, out in old Cleveland. How you doing, Brent? I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, not too much new going on. Pretty, pretty boring life. Still staying at home. You sounded pretty getting, troubled by my introduction. Getting... Getting to watch you guys hang out together. What's that? A SpongeBob video? A SpongeBob picture of is it uh, Squidward looking outside the window? It's like everybody's da- everybody's running around. Yeah. Oh. Do you play Watch the clarinet? What? Do you play the clarinet? No. Oh. Then... I have no musical talents. Whatsoever. Oh, I was like, I thought there was a clarinet behind him or something. <laughs> no, here's my clarinet. <laughs> no, that is just a dead body. <laughs> uh, we are going to start this podcast off like we do every time with uh, opening up a mead, actually, this time. We are drinking another mead from the Meardery. Uh, it's my buddy John Beer 92, or I guess it's John Mead 92 at this point. Uh, it is You Get Nothing, You Lose. And that is a. Uh, and you can see the label too, Brent. It has a uh, Willy Wonka on it. It's pretty great. Uh, so we it's a blueberry mead. Uh, this is fairly new. Uh, this actually was just his first batch of trying to do anything blueberry. So, uh, yeah, we're going to try it out and see how it's tasting. Brent, what are you drinking today? Um, I'm actually just drinking water today. I've been terrible about hydrating, and it's been hot. So I am feeling those effects. So we're going with water. That's a really good beer. That's one of my favorite beers. H2O. Gets you drunk. Yeah, if you drink too much, it's H2O. (laughs) We got one. We're good. We're good. Keenan, what are you drinking today? Um, I'm being good tonight because I have a 10K time trial this weekend. So I am drinking two tangerine lime noons and about six ounces of water. So it's like a little bit of a stronger uh noon she's like she's pretending it's a margarita we also have theo the cat that wants to uh meow 
his uh, way through and say hi. Hi, Theo. Uh, you are now looking at the... He's like, who is that? Theo is currently right next to the mic, and he's staring at Brent on the, on the phone. Oh, and he's just having a ball. Theo, what are I you doing? Just, I can just see his floof. <laughs> You're a little too close, There's buddy. Some, what are you doing, There's Theo? legs. There we go. Theo's just balls. doing Theo stuff. Yep, there we go. Theo's just gonna go. Theo's got. Theo's got. He had to check you out, you know. Theo's got a hot day with some Normatec boots. Theo really wanted you to feel like you were actually here in person with us. I I appreciate it. (laughs) Nobody else got up that close and personal. No. Yeah, I know. What a shame. Yeah. (laughs) But I still, I'm, I'm waiting on one more vaccine before I can go kiss the homies goodnight. (laughs) Fair. That's fair. Well, as always, (laughs) we do appreciate when you guys. Give us comments. Uh, shoot us a comment. Uh, we're going to be, I mean, we shared on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, I think. Uh, leave us a comment. Leave us some five stars, good reviews. We always appreciate that. You leave a core cool review. I'll, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it, I guess. I think that's what we do here. Okay, uh, I really want somebody to go in and leave like a five star review. Have you guys ever seen the, um, on Amazon, they have this shirt and it's like three wolves hauling at a moon. And it's like a pretty bad shirt. It's like what you ex- expect people to be wearing if you walked into like a Magic the Gathering game, like a gathering, Magic the Gathering gathering. Um, and the reviews on this Amazon shirt are just like so excellent. Like they're, it's like, ugh, I thought that I was going to get one wolf howling at the moon, but instead I got the power of three. Like I want a review like that. To be honest, you guys don't even have to leave a review that has anything to do with the podcast. Like, you could leave something fun that's going to make me laugh when I go to bed. Like, you know, that, that's all I need. Like, Whatever you can manage to get off topic with, just leave it on the review. Yeah, actually, that might actually fit the, the, the theme of this whole thing. So, yeah, leave at least, as long as it's five stars. If it's four stars, fuck you. It's one. <laughs> eh, I, I get it. You might not like it. It's not like a cup of tea. But if it's four stars, it's like, okay, just give me the five. Uh, I was actually listening to a podcast with the, the one of those... I, I consider a superstar of Twitter, Troll Weathers. He just started a podcast, and he did an intro podcast. It was like a minute or two minutes long introducing the podcast, and somebody gave him a four-star review. <laughs> he didn't even let him have the first episode. Oh, my God. I'm like, what is going on here? So, again, uh, four stars, not great. Like, three, like, I can work with that. We have some opportunities here. Four, it's like, that's probably the best I'm going to do. And so honestly, just be one, three, or five. Yeah, like, I don't, two in the I don't want any of your three stars sitting on the fence ratings. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a three star, you need to Good listen to more content before we, you make your choice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, and also, if, if you guys really like the podcast, share on your story. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, they, they, I don't know. They probably might like hearing us. I don't. Write letters to your pen pals. Yeah, your, your friend in Alaska that you sent a letter to back in like fifth grade, he misses you, or she misses you, <laughs> or their dog misses you. Oh, that dog might not be alive anymore. But oh, Chris, <laughs> honestly, oh, we well, just that started. Got, that got sad real fast. <laughs> and I got dark. I'm, I haven't talked to you guys on, on a podcast in a while. I'm, I'm just like kind of just rambling on, like we usually do. Anyways, what is that? Is that who I think it is in the corner there? <laughs> So oh, yeah. Kate has a has a DeWine like 
poster cut out of like him like looking at his glasses and looking toward you and it is just staring outside the window he's at me. watching you it's not it's troubling it's he, every time troubling. i leave the house i see him and he's like i'm watching because you guys aren't six feet apart right now yeah he is watching us that's why he's there <laughs> hi um but yeah, let's uh, let's give some updates. It's been a while. Uh, like I said on that little intro, or I guess the update spot. Uh, yeah, I'm back in Ohio, and uh, things have been going a little bit ro- wonky. I don't know. Ah, Nicole, how has running been for you? It's been running, man. I like last time we kind of convened. I was like taking time off um, of workouts and stuff because I was just not in a great place in the winter. But we we've gotten like now we're in the pollening. Like, if you ever see those, like, these are the seasons in Ohio, and there's, like, winter, and then fake spring number one, and then more winter, and then fake spring number two. And then after fake spring number three, you get the pollening, and that's where we are. So yesterday was, like, one of my first workouts back in, you know, a while. Like, I've been doing them for a few weeks, but yesterday was the first one that really felt just, like, very hard. Like, it was so difficult that I just, like, ended up running the rest of it, like, easy Paces that felt super easy, like, two months before were, like, impossible. And so, you know, springtime is among us, kids. Gotta gotta get some adjusting down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, running's been okay. I had a little bit of an injury scare, but it's pretty much gone away now. Um, thank you. Big shout-out to Christina Murphy, who stabbed me with a bunch of needles and actually made things better by stabbing me. So that's cool. Yeah, and I would say on top of that, like with the pollening, it's also just so hot. Like we had no real real transition. It just got really hot. So it's like the humidity, the heat, the pollen, it's all just everything throwing at your face at once. It literally was and the like the wind. The wind's been pretty bad. Yeah. It was like thirty degrees and then we didn't even get like that little like fifty degree transition. It was like there are flowers just starting to bloom this week and it's eighty degrees. Yeah. It's the, uh, I, like, when you talk to clients all day, you kind of have these, like, isms that you use, or you have the talking points, and you just try to get the conversation going. So mine for the last ones is like, hey, uh, I don't know if you live in Ohio, but in Ohio, we have um, winter, false winter. It's like, oh, we're out of here. And then we get hot, and we get hot. But then in the fall, it's even worse, because it's like, oh, we're it's time for winter. And uh, then we get, like, a 60-degree day, and it's like, oh. We still got a little bit of fall left. Nope. <laughs> nope. It changes by the day. Yeah. It's not been fun. We went from three degrees this weekend. Cleveland, bro, buddy's got got some snow, didn't you? Yeah, we got snow, like, last week, I think. Yeah, it's been... It was a couple days of, like, 50, and then it snowed, and then it warmed up to, like, 70 and 80 the last couple of days, and I think it's supposed to drop back down into the 50s over the next few days again. So it's it's a mess right now. Get it together, Ohio. Keep it at 55. RIP to our allergies, though. Let's pour one out for the homies. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like it being really cold, but I also just don't like sneezing. And uh, I have horrible allergies during the winter or during the spring. It's bad. Like, I think I sent you guys a picture one time where it was like I ended up getting an, al- like an allergy infection all over my face and I just got hives. I don't like it. I don't like spring. Don't like spring very much. And all the bugs come out. Yeah. It's just... Oh, do I got a story for you guys later <laughs> on this podcast? That's for damn sure. Keen, how has running been for you? 
It's been good. Um, I'm training for a 10K, like I mentioned in the beginning. So I've been doing a lot faster speed work, I would say, um, and shorter distance, like total for the week. Um, I would say I haven't talked on the podcast in a while, but um, within the last couple months, I would say one of the workouts I was most proud of was the power hour I did. Um, that was like three weeks ago, I think. Um, I was really nervous for it, but basically, I think Chris has talked about it on a podcast before, but you start like 20 seconds above <clears throat> marathon pace and then you cut down. And once you cut, um, you can't go back. And so I started at like a 739 and finished at like a 641, um, which I was super excited about. I didn't think I was going to be able to go far below seven minute. Um, and I just kept cranking it out. So that's the workout I keep trying to remember going into the time trial. Like that was an hour long and I was able to push those paces at the end. So just trying to, I always have that one workout that I think of before I race to kind of keep me positive. And we actually had a question regarding a little bit of your training because you just switched over from a 50k yes to this. so pancakes actually asked like what has been the transition to doing 50k to 10k because <laughs> that's a I, I i think that's 40 less k yes if i, if I did the math right um, give or take <laughs> give or take <laughs> my easy runs have definitely gotten a little bit faster but not too much faster um i, I tend to be sticking around the nines i really run easy pace like how i feel for that particular day with 10k or with 50k training i was running like closer to 10s for easy runs um and my peak week for 50k i think was two weeks of like 65 um and this was like two weeks of 44 um so about 20 miles less than i did for the 50k um and a big thing for me has been eating like i got a nutritionist this training cycle but during the 50K, I could just eat whatever I wanted because I was burning a lot of calories. And <laughs> that doesn't work when you're training for a 10K. Um, so we've kind of gotten a little bit more creative with eating. Um, and also just trying to eat more carbs. Like that has that's my weakness, honestly. Um, I tend to like stick to fats and protein. And that's not the best way to feel yourself as a runner. So eating more carbs, which is different, but eating, trying to eat more controlled too. So when we first started, I think I can might be even even pull up an email that says that you don't like running fast at all. Yes. <laughs> How has that been? Cause we basically were running on one pace. When yeah. we were at, I mean, we closed pretty hard in, in one of our workouts for, uh, for the marathon and slash 50 K, but like, this has been like, everything's been pretty high intensity compared to to anything that you were doing for that half or for that marathon. How has that been for you, the transition over to that? Very strange. I feel like sometimes I'm running so fast that I can't feel my legs below me. <laughs> like, it's just like such a weird feeling. Like one time we did, we had strides at the end of a workout and I think I ran a 539. I don't think I've ever seen that pace before for like 30 seconds, which is obviously like mostly a walk in the park for all of you guys. <laughs> but I was like, holy shit, I can't believe I hit that pace. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot different and I used to be like terrified going sub seven and now I just feel a lot more comfortable with it, which is exciting. Um, you know, transitioning to like a half, I want to try to break sub seven for a half and getting more comfortable with those six minute paces is the way to get there. Um, I'm very conservative in my marathon training. Um, as Chris will tell you, like easy runs are easy. Like I don't want to work at all during easy runs and most of our pace work was half marathon or marathon or half marathon pace. So mm -hmm. 
I didn't go below seven. Um, and now almost all my workouts are six forty-five and below. Um, so it's been, it's been interesting. It's still scary, but I'm having fun with it. More fun than I thought I would. It's like happy scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's like exciting scary. Yeah, absolutely. It's like really the fun thing about it all is you're never gonna have five <laughs> miles at that pace consistently happening pretty through your cycle. Yeah. <laughs> like we're never gonna give you a five mile workout at half marathon at a five mile workout at a at 10k pace. Like yeah. no one's ever gonna give you that kind of workout. And if they did, you're I'm just gonna say it here, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh you're you're training for a 10k. How about we're gonna do five miles at a at at 10k pace. I think that's a Jmar workout. If you guys ever follow, if you've seen oh, man. him on Twitter, he's the worst person. Is <laughs> like, try this, try this marathon workout. Two half marathons at marathon pace. With two minutes rest. <laughs> oh something God. stupid like that. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I can't decide if he's being just like facetious or if he's like dead dead serious my, I, my favorite thing is he adds like a professional runner to it too so like he'll have Adam Bates or he'll have like Kipchoge and I'm just like they don't do that's not your athlete who are you oh my god uh, yeah I would say the one thing like that we did was we built up slowly like we would do like you know half marathon tempo runs and then we would do you know one minute at 10k we would then we built a two, three, like growing. We weren't just like jumping right into it, which was which made it a lot easier. Yeah, it's been. I, I know from like not doing any of this fast stuff for years online, it's it's weird to get back into it. Yeah, it definitely is. And if you haven't done it, it's even weirder. <laughs> Brent, how's how have things been for you? Uh, they're going pretty well. Uh, most of the workouts that I've been doing have been well within within myself so i haven't really had to push too too hard on anything um i had my first workout last week that really was like a you know kind of a, a go to the well kind of workout and it was it was rough and it was a windy day and it didn't go as well as i was hoping it would but um i, I finished it well so i was generally okay with with how it went um but yeah it was some some fast pretty fast thousands. Um, but outside of that, I mean, like I'm, I'm very comfortable recently running my tempo runs, which was not a thing for me. Like at the end of college, my, my tempo runs were never very good. I never felt comfortable doing them. I was a much more, um, consistent repeat kind of guy. And right now it's, it's a little bit of a, a opposite of that where my tempos are smooth. They, they feel easy. And then some of the, the repeat workouts that I'm doing are a little bit more of a struggle than I would like it to be, but I, I think some of it has been how windy it's been recently too. So not too, too concerned with that, but pretty happy with where I'm at from the beginning of the year. So that's interesting how that ends up. Like, cause I remember my best workout that I ever had at, at Tiffin, I think was the, uh, the six mile progression run around that mile loop where I was like, my dumbass was hung over for it. <laughs> And I closed in a 452. And like you were not at that time period, like Brent was had Brent ran sub 25 for 8K. So like we were stopping at starting at 540 and we worked <clears> our <throat> way down and I made it to five, 450. And like you were fitter than I was. But in a tempo run, like I could take you. Now we do 400s. <laughs> It's like one of the few people that could actually like handle having 400s and being at that pace. You could just rock. I remember you doing that in Alabama. Um, but like, yeah, it's interesting how like 
even just taking time off, you kind of rebuild on everything. And then you start like things that you hated end up being pretty, pretty nice to work on. Brent, are you training yeah. for anything? Um, not like, I don't have like a specific race or anything like on the, on the schedule. The, the goal is to get back sub 16 and then just keep working down from there. So I think I'm in low 16 shape right now, maybe like 1620 to 1630. So hopefully we race within the next two months here and then see where I'm actually at. And then we'll, we'll kind of work our way down from there. And then we'll, we'll pick a time where I want to peak later in the year and, and see if I can run mid fifteens or something. But yeah, basically just fast 5k. Nice. And we actually did have a question for you as well. Um, we had a question that said, damn it, Sam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it says, um, what's been the best workout so far in the last couple of months since you haven't been racing? Is that specifically for me? Yeah, specifically for you. Um, I don't know. So, I mean, the thousand workout that I was just talking about, even though it wasn't like, I don't think it went as well as I was hoping it would. Um, that was a tough workout and it was nice to actually like see where I'm at kind of. Um, so basically that workout was, I had a 50 minute run and in the middle of every 10 minutes. So one minute, one through four was regular pace. And then from minutes five, six and seven, the goal was to try to hit a one K and in that three minute time frame. So, I mean, it, it started off pretty poorly. Um, I went like 304 to 308 to 311, but then the last two, I brought it back down and I actually ran three flat for both of them. So I was super excited that I was actually able to like close out those K's in actually like three minutes, which like roughly 448 pace or something along those lines per mile. So it was nice to know that I have that in my legs right now. Um, and then I've had a couple cut down runs where starting at like 6.15 and getting down to like 5.20, 5.30 pace. Um, but I, I haven't done anything really too aggressive yet. So I, I don't think I have anything that I'm like overly excited about just mm -hmm. in general. I mean, workouts have been going well, so it's just kind of a, um, I had a, I had some 200s the other day where I actually ran one in 30. So it's been a while since I've done that too. So that was exciting. Ooh. That's Bravo. Moving. So we are gonna open up the next beer. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, my nice table. I'm sorry. <laughs> Theo, you want some beer? Oh, it, you didn't ask Theo about his training. Theo, how has your training been? He's just been sleeping. Tell him. Tell him. Tell us. So we are currently. Uh, well, the table's currently drinking. Sorry, Keen. Saison uh, <laughs> Sprints from Amage Brewing out of uh, Pomona, California. It's a Saison uh, Spritzer. Uh, I guess it's a new thing people are doing with blueberries and Cabernet grapes. So Ooh. I had one of these earlier when I was. All right. And uh, yeah, so we popped open Saison Spritz. Uh, let's try it out. That's nice. I had a sip. That was good. It's good. It's pretty refreshing. Yeah, these are interesting. Like, they throw a ton of cab grapes in it, and like it's been a thing. Like they've just been making four packs of it, and at five percent, like it's a lot more flavor than you would expect from a five percent beer. 
Brent, what are you oh, doing? Nice. Stick it right in my face where I can't, can't actually sip on it, but I can just stare at it. <laughs> Brent, we're bringing, uh, when, when you come down, we uh, we have some sours already put aside. So Brent is moving to Columbus, everybody. You, you heard, heard it here, here first. first. <laughs> that, is new, that is news to everybody who I know that listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a message from Chris saying when's Brent's moving? Can we just like do put in the intro like us at the same time saying you heard it here first? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that needs to be like definitely reused. Um, yeah. So uh, as far as like workouts go, um, yeah, I was out in South Carolina for about a month. Uh, did a lot of good training while I was out there, actually. Um, ended up being a pretty solid training, um, schedule. I basically said, fuck this, I'm out of here, uh, for a month and, uh, was able to get, I basically felt like I was training like a pro runner because like, I didn't have to cook at all. Like at, at age 28, having my parents cook for me all day, was pretty nice. <laughs> um, just but yeah, so it was really nice. I, I worked and then I got good running in and it was pretty much good weather almost the entire time except for freezing rain one weekend, but uh, did pretty well out there. Had a good time. Had a little bit of snag for one day, but we were to uh, nip that in the bud. Uh, we able, we did a I think My biggest one was a, a uh, while I was in South Carolina, it was probably my power hour too. Um, and I closed, I opened up in like, I think it was just right over 540. And then I closed out in like a 505 for that last like uh, last section of it. So I went like 520, then ran the 510s, and then I went like closed my last like section in 505. And I was like, I just couldn't believe that I was able to have that those legs in me, uh, even with just. I mean, the shoes are super like I guess to a point super shoes. They're the uh, Hoka uh, Rocket Xs that I've been using, but they're not Vaporflies. And I was super surprised that I was like able to still rock it. And I did it on a 1.5 mile. Um, road, I was just out and back just because I didn't want to stop running. So uh, I didn't go crazy, which was really nice. Uh, and then I ran a 10K. Uh, I ran my first track 10K I've ever run. That was quite an experience. Um, I had the intention of trying to break 31 um, and uh, failed to break 32. But uh, I ran my own race, went out pretty conservatively in 505 and basically just stuck on to that. A lot more warmer and humid than I expected to be a little bit windy and running by myself made it pretty tough. Uh, but I PR by like 30 seconds PR in the AK, which is really cool. My PR was like 2542 from like college and around 2539. So to not have a great race and not feel great and still PR, um, is at this point, like every it's, it's all house money considering that I'm just training for this half marathon. Everything right now is house money and I'm having a great time doing it. I uh, was able to race with a bunch of guys that I've been training with. Um, Max went out there and, and I think ran 31.10. He had just run sub-15, so like pretty much rough days for everybody. <clears throat> but he comes back the next day and runs like a 405 and PRs in the 1500. So <laughs> insane. Like It was great. I, I figured out like I really did miss Ohio that weekend because I got to hang out with the boys and basically I uh, – I raced on Friday, and then on Sunday morning when I woke up, I told my dad, hey, man, uh, I'm going home. And it was a bit of a surprise. I drove back from Myrtle Beach to Florence, uh, packed up my stuff, and just started driving. And uh, 10 hours later, I was back in uh, back in Ohio. So um, since then, uh, workouts have been going pretty well. I did two peak workouts past two weeks right now. Uh, I did 
a three by two mile uh, was basically an out and back on a pretty hilly section. And I had like 523, 522. And then I went 518, 522 with like, I think we had like 30 mile per hour winds that day. <laughs> and then came back on my last section um, and we had floats on it. So like six, 615, 610. And then I, ran back and it was five five ten five oh seven for that second for that last two mile section and i closed like 550 for my float and i was like i'm in shape cool and then this past weekend i did um four miles at marathon pace so i went 538 531 526 524 one mile float at 615 uh two miles at uh 513 512 did a mile float at about 610 and then i closed in 452 which is to me the most insane thing is like i my high school pr was 452 and i just closed a workout in that and i'm like super pumped about it we got a half marathon this week or in a couple weeks and uh i think i'm ready to rock we'll see how it goes um but yeah uh not all perfect uh and i think that transitions us into a pretty good topic i bombed my workout for the first time that i have in probably six months i don't think i've bombed a workout at all i don't even think i've had to cut a workout in like like since I injured my Achilles before Boston, uh, we went from 30 degrees this past weekend to 80 yesterday. I ran the heat of day and I got into it and I dropped out. Um, so I know for a lot of people, they're experiencing kind of this change in weather and how to adapt to it. And uh, I think the quick change, they didn't really allow us to have enough time to properly hydrate and get ready for it. So I guess I'll turn it to you guys. How have you guys been able to adjust to this sudden change in weather? Or what are you guys doing going forward now that we're, uh, yeah, it's not 30 degrees anymore. Well, I, I ran my workout yesterday too. Um, and I ended up, you know, kind of, I, I started off, I had pretty short reps. It was only like a couple minute reps and I, was noticing that it was like my coach was like run run this at like you know a hard effort but not like a 5k like kind of like all-out effort just kind of like go out there and do what you can um which is nice because it's like one of those free-for-all go see how you feel workouts and when you have short reps like that I'm like well I'm just gonna like go out there and try to run like six flat and see how it goes and I was running like 618 620 and it was hard. Like I was like, this is so hard. Why is this so hard? Especially after a three mile warm up where you like you do strides. Normally I'm super ready for that kind of thing. And so in the latter part of my workout, I just kind of like I had shorter reps. I, I had like some like 30 second reps after my initial set of reps. And I just like pulled them down to like 640 pace. Cause normally, you know, the intention is to get faster, but I just kind of like finished it out at what I could. And went by effort. Typically, you know, when I'm being smart and not being a complete idiot, realizing it's the first 80 degree day, I'll adjust down because of the dew points and, you know, just go going by how I feel that day. But like yesterday, I looked at the dew point when I was done with my run. It was like, it was like 62, um, which isn't that bad. But oh my God, I think Theo just farted on me. <laughs> I can smell. Oh my god. Um, Yo, honestly, <laughs> you, you smell the beer. That's all you can do. Smell the beer. Yeah, sorry guys. I need a second. Uh, this is worse than that workout yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? Theo, that came out of you. <laughs> 
Can you smell that? Jeez. <laughs> I can't smell it yet. I'm scared. God. Oh, no. She's, she's blaming the cat. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> Bia doesn't toot. We're keeping this in. <laughs> oh, my God. Viewers, oh. who actually farted? Was it Theo or Nicole? Theo's not even looking at us right now. Theo, I'm I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that, dude. Yeah, why you gotta throw him under the bus? <laughs> he, just, he just like came up and his ass was in my face, and then two seconds, I'm like in the middle of talking, I just like smell like it, it felt like somebody defecated near my face, like that was just gross. Anyway, I don't remember what I was saying, um, so I'm just gonna point. say, do point. <laughs> oh, how about the don't point? Am I right? Theo point. Uh, <laughs> Theo, you want to come back up here? <laughs> He's so mad at you guys. <laughs> face. I'm so sorry, Theo. I'm sorry He's that like, a, this is my room. America like, is going to know about your farts. I'm so sorry. <laughs> are you crying? Oh, he looks oh, so sad. Oh, I'm no. so you traumatized him. Theo exposed. <laughs> Theo yeah. gone wild. Anyway, two point adjust your run. That's all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I, I was talking about the workouts that I've been doing. And yesterday, like, I would just start trying to start at half marathon pace and work my way to 10K pace. And I was just mile repeat. So it wasn't supposed to be hard. Like, I've been knocking out 515s pretty easy. And I got in and I was like, okay, the first one felt pretty hard, hit 515. The second one, I go in there and, like, the last, like, probably, like, two or 400, like, I went from, like, running five, like, 15, 5, 12 pace to running up, running a 527 mile. And I felt tired. And I was like, oh no, like I am, this is not great. This is not great. And uh, yeah, I, I pulled, I cut half my workout out and I was like, yeah, I don't feel good. This isn't good. So um, I think you, you know your body and <clears throat> especially if you've been training for the last couple of weeks or the last couple of months and, and the weather changes and you have a bad workout or you bomb a workout, like, don't let it shake you. Like, your your fitness is there. Look toward the last couple of weeks of your fitness and, and really just say, hey, everybody has a bad day. We can't really control the weather. Same thing as, like, having, like, really high winds or anything like that. So, I mean, you got to do what you can. Yeah, I had a bit of that experience when I went down to Florida at the end of February. Um, I think the biggest thing is just reminding yourself to make those adjustments. Like, if you have a goal pace in mind and it's, 80 degrees, like the effort's still going to be there. Just pull back a little bit. You'll feel better in the end. If you feel great on your last rep, then pick it up and go back to your actual pace. Um, but that's like the thing that I always forget about when the weather does turn. It's like, you do need to adjust your pace and you do need to be like kind to your body and make sure you're rehydrating and all of that. Um, and just don't be too hard on yourself. Like we've all said, we're all hard on ourselves. We do it, but just don't. Yeah. How are you, Brent? How have you been yeah. able? Yeah, uh, I mean, my body doesn't do super great with weather changes. Uh, my sinuses get really bad and, and stuff, and I have some, like, my knees don't react to uh, weather changes very well. But um, I'm lucky enough to where the workouts that I get, I, I can put them wherever I want in, the, in a given week. So I have the, uh, the nice ability to, if I see it's going to be 80, I can put my easier workout that day and then schedule my harder workout later in the week when the weather's going to be a little bit more cooperative. So this first day that it was 80, I had like 40 second hill repeats, like 10, 
so it wasn't too too bad. The rest of the run was just easy, so um, nothing nothing too crazy. But yeah, I'm I'm someone who's really bad at hydrating, so those first warm days are always miserable for me. Um, I I just have never been a, been good at drinking as much water as I need to. So um, I I try to be a little bit better when I know it's going to be warm out, but it's just not always not always thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with everybody else. Like when you have extreme weather conditions, you, there's only so much you can do with it. So don't don't beat yourself up over over one workout. Starting to to let the negativity creep in and stuff is is a quick route to uh, string together bad workouts when when some of that stuff isn't isn't in your control. So yeah, absolutely. I think we got that that, that topic all covered out. Um, I have a topic that I don't think I was even going to bring up, but I think I should bring up. It's completely a different topic. I wanted to hear about, <clears throat> I guess, our representation in sport, uh, just in general, I guess. Uh, we had a link or a commentator uh, link that was sent into our group chat this uh, last week or the week before. It was just awful commentating. And then I also had a really great podcast I listened to with uh, Run Your Mouth with David Melly. That talked about just uh, so I guess it's a two prong topic here, uh, commentating and like that representation of our sport, and then I guess the people that actually talk about it, like the podcasters. Like, how do you? Let's start with the first one. Like, what can we as a sport do better? Is it even possible? Because in every other sport that we have, like fantastic commentators, um, like we just got done with March Madness, and like you hear the different commentators from different areas, and it's like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like. A lot of what I see that's beautiful in sport is the commentary. Like that's what makes all of these like, like uh, all these moments just memorable. Like I just remember like that somebody hitting a, like a last second shot and you just hear bang and it's amazing. And it's like chills yeah. when that's happening. I feel like they do a very poor job in running, particularly running. Um, finding people who know the sport well enough to be talking about it, but also know the people that are participating in the sport well enough to be speaking about them. Like, I think we have like that, that particular video that um, I think that I said this, like we need to find people that are like retired runners. Like when Des Linden was doing commentary, that was awesome. Shalane Flanagan commentating the New York city marathon the year after she won. That was amazing. Um, like you have these people that, you know, they're friends with these people. They understand the sport. It kind of felt like, um, like, in a in a world record setting race, they had people that, you know, were like football commentators and they were like, Hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? Do you want to come commentate this marathon? And it literally felt like they, I think that they said something like, Hey, so let's talk about the half marathon for a second. It's half a marathon. It was like, wow, that was profound. And I also noticed like Boston a few years back. Um, I don't think it was the year that Des won in 2018. I think it was the year after that. Um, when they were doing the commentary, they were just talking, they show they would show the women's race and all they had to say about the women was how much they weighed. And it was like, I don't care that Des Linden weighs more than, I don't know, like Emma Bates or anybody else. I don't care. Like why are we talking about this? Um, yeah, it's it's really troubling because, like, me as a Formula One fan that just has been watching that now, it's 
they have a two-hour race. And a lot of times, like, nothing really happens. Like, Lewis Hamilton just winning the entire time and winning it from pole. And they still have things to talk about. And, like, now we're getting to the point in racing where we actually have split screens, which is fantastic. What the fuck? How did we not have that before? Uh, <laughs> like, it's been available. And, like, you could – there's so much that is going on. And I think a lot of it is, like, maybe there needs to be some – I mean – I think there is a point system now with Chris trying to qualify for the Olympics, but like having some kind of point system involved or even just like, like what the hell a diamond league works about getting points that way. Like, yeah, you're going to have the winner going from the gun. Yeah. Have that. That's important. But there's always like races that are happening in between too. guys that are moving up in the field, just like it does with great, like with formula one, like there's a lot of races that are happening, especially when it comes to marathoning, when you have like, (laughs) Let's be honest here, the, the, the East Africans are going to be winning the games. But, like, there's a lot of, like, the first American, like, have something, like, like, those races are also happening, too. And, and also seeing, like, younger, like, younger athletes move their way up, like, let's get America to fall in love with our athletes. <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, I think it was when Shalane was doing the New York Marathon, like, she was talking about points on the course, like, this hill's really hard or, you know, like this is like the, the point where you, where runners start to kind of hit that wall or like just things that like people as people who aren't runners can start to gain an understanding. But then mm-hmm. people who are also runners are like, Oh yeah, I know what that person is feeling in this moment right now, you know, going up a tough hill, going around mm-hmm. like a tight turn. Um, just like things like that. There's just like so much and you can get creative with it. And I just feel like it's not there in the running. So I'm going to be, I guess I'm going to somewhat of a devil's advocate there. And I would say that I personally hate when they do commentating like that, when they try to explain the sport. Uh, I don't think they do it in any other sport. Like except if it's technical, like Formula One does it a lot. They just talk about like what each thing means for a little quick, but like I don't hear it in basketball. Like, I don't hear it in soccer. Like, I don't hear people talk about like, oh, it takes this long to learn this or like, or, or like that, that shot, like they practice that shot. Like, I don't hear that. They talk, they commentate about that. They like, and they actually talk about the action that's going on. There's action that's still going on, even if people are running at the same pace. Well, I, I would say that they do that kind of in football too, though. I mean, they don't go into like nitty gritty specifics, but they'll be like, oh, like Odell Beckham Jr. just ran a, sl- a slant route to get that pass, or they'll, they'll be like, oh, look at this guy, he's in the secondary. Like, oh, th- they're playing man-to-man defense. Yeah. Like, they're man-on-man. I mean, that's self-explanatory. You don't really need to explain what man-to-man defense yeah. is. But like, I think they do that a little bit in, like, football too. But they can say, like, the same thing for running and just say, like, this person's hazard, their, their race plans to go out easier instead of, like, this this is hard and trying to explain I, I i think it takes away from the sport to try to explain to people just how hard this is like i think it diminishes just that i just like let's let's talk about like their strategy running has strategy in it like we all when we're all racing we have our own little we have our own strategies going into a race like maybe it's just like on the other side of things with athletes not talking about what's going on it's like we're now having it more ha- happen more often but like there's not really insight in anything that's happening Bowerman, we just find out that they're racing the week before. Or, like, other people, we even you know if they're healthy until they get on the line. Like, there's no real insight. Now it's happening more and more, and I love it. But, like, I guess the question would be to you guys, is it, it's part of the blame on, on the athletes, too, and the amount of aspect, and the amount of insight we're able to get on the athletes comparatively to everybody oh, else. So, 
Yeah, so I'll I'll make a comment on that because I think with running, I don't think people realize how strategic it is. So with somebody who has you know a race strategy in mind, you're you're not going to want to go and tell some interviewer you know what your your game plan is for today, because then if somebody else hears it, they know what you're you're planning on doing. And so as they're talking about it, like oh you know they're executing this exactly how they wanted to you've given away yeah. a key piece of, especially at an elite level of running, like those guys can all on any given day can beat each other mm-hmm. just depending on how they've executed and stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think you have to find people that are passionate about it to, to talk about it. If, if you can find one or two people that are really passionate about, about the sport of running and can look into people's backgrounds and can talk to them about training and can look at like previous races and compare what they're doing in this race to a previous race because um, I mean like you you hear other sports announcers talk about guys histories and you know what they've historically done and workouts they've done and all this other sort of stuff like you see on Instagram all the time like all the football players doing lifting and all that kind of stuff and watching basketball players get shots up in the gym and whatnot mm-hmm. and, and like, I, like it'd be great to have like the Olympics or not the, the Olympic trials and like you have somebody like like let's say Grant Fisher, who's just run like 27 low and run like 13, uh, 13.0 and just saying like, he's maybe in the middle of the pack and you have an announcer that knows what the fuck you're talking about and says like, Hey, watch out for number 13 there. They're, uh, they're, they look like they're holding back. looks like that's a strategy for right now, but just look at them. They're going to start moving up and like things like that. I mean, NASCAR, NASCAR doesn't have a lot of like, there's action that happens throughout, but nothing too, too crazy. Like I just started watching NASCAR too. And like, they have things to talk about the entire time. And it's not too much about explaining this for like, or explaining like, oh, this turn, this is hard. Or even, I, I would even say like the cutaways to like the, the interviews of the actual athletes and they cut away from the actual like race altogether. And then we miss a, a breaking move. It's like, I don't just don't see it from other sports. I don't yeah, see it happen often. But how many people do you know that are like big fans of running? And how many of those people do not run themselves? Like, or know somebody was- that's run a runner? I was going to make that point too. Like how many runners, professional runners, male or female, could you honestly look at and say they're a big personality? Like every major sport has somebody that's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, you have LeBron James and Steph Curry, you have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And I, you know, I can go on with other sports where they have all these big personalities, these, basically celebrities that people are interested in knowing what they're doing. And I think it just comes with the territory of running that a lot of runners do tend to be more humble and reserved that I don't think anybody's really looking to like put themselves on a pedestal necessarily. Um, and, And I just, I don't know. I think if there, maybe if there were some more big name guys or guys that were a little bit more outspoken or a little bit more, excited about it on a, on a bigger stage. But again, they would have to have a platform to, to get there. So. Well, I would I also know. say that like going off of that, um, like you have runners that are just really, really good. Like you have people like, like Jordan Hasse, for example, like she's very good. She's like a record holder. She's a fantastic athlete, but she's been kind of like, so back and forth and she went out in the Olympic trials and had a terrible day. And I feel like, running is kind of like that no matter who you are there's 
a huge potential to go out there and just have the worst day of your life because it's just so dependent on what your body is doing. And I mean, there is a lot of strategy. There is a lot of skill. Um, there is a lot of speed, raw speed that you need to have. But also it comes down to like what your body is willing to put up with on that day. And so, you know, 2018 Boston Marathon, Des Linden wins because she lives in Charlevoix, Michigan, and she is training in ice and snow half the year. So she's like, this freezing rain is nothing. Half the East African people drop out entirely. And she's able to kind of win because she, you know, her body can put up with that. And you never know, like race days are just so random. Like we've all, we all have all been there, even in kind of like amateur sub elite level, like you go out there and you could have the worst day of your life on race day. And like, if you think of like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Steph Curry, LeBron, like they have bad days too, but there's so much more skill involved in those days. Like, I hate to say this because I'm a huge Browns fan, but like the day that LeBron or not LeBron, the, the day that Lamar Jackson played us, went in the back and took a shit and then came back out and beat us. Like there's just some raw skill to that. Um, like, you know, I, I just feel like those kind of games, there's just like so much more strategy and so much more, you know, stuff that's not dependent on how your body's going to react. And I feel like, you know, that gives them more of a platform because you just look at Tom Brady and you know he's freaking good. You look at Aaron Rodgers and you know he's freaking good. He proves it on the field time and time again. And like, yeah, they all have bad days, but they have more good days than bad days. And I think that in running – that it's it's not always that so a lot of these people are just like not well known like oh, and you're like, and you're like all by yourself when you're running like, yeah they don't have like there's a team behind all those people that help keep them strong too like yeah i was, you're out there on I was the gonna make that comment too just the fact that at the end of the day in any given race there's only one winner whereas you know if you have a basketball team or a football team you could have six or seven guys yeah. on a football team that played well that day uh, on a basketball team you could have four guys play really well and it's easy to talk about all of them. So I, I, in a track race, a marathon, it's oh, this guy won, that girl won, and then you know, and don't really talk about two, three. There's yeah. the guy who came in tenth had a fifteen second PR, but we don't care. We're only looking at one, two, three. Yeah, or we're just looking at number one. Well, I guess, I guess my thoughts are on this set. I think we don't do enough to highlight what's actually going on throughout the races because there is a lot of movement that does happen that does lead to the position that somebody's in. Somebody can get dropped with like a K to go and then come back and win it. Like somebody can make a move too early and then they come back and blow up. Like these things happen, but I don't think they're highlighted enough. I just think it comes down to like the final lap, the bell rings and that's where the announcers get excited. And it's like, there's a lot of like little things and little ins and outs and somebody may not be having a great day, but they ended up bustling back in and getting back through it, especially in the marathon when it comes to like a day like Des London and just like coming through it. The merit, the Olympic trials marathon in 2016, like that was like, I think I was on one the woman's side, which is insane. Um, and I remember even the 5k for that, like just the last, the last spot was taken in a lot. I think it was like a lot, it was either 2012 or 2016. The last spot was taken in the sprint. Like there's so much that does happen throughout the races that are not highlighted enough. And then on to your point, I think that we saw a lot on COVID and I hope it continues to happen. We need to have more like teams racing teams and something mattering, like something or like even from like the diamond league perspective, like if the AWA or 
AWAF or even the USATF have like a point system throughout their year where like the winner of the entire season based on how like how competitive each race is, like they get a certain prize money or the team gets certain prize money. That'd be fantastic. I, I also think that it comes down to kind of what you said before, right? Like it's a little bit on the runners to market themselves. Like mm-hmm. you see a Bowerman jersey, you know who they are. You see Naz Elite, you know who they are. You see Molly Seidel, she does such a great job of marketing herself online and just like being herself genuinely online that people know who she is. Same with like Dez. And there are some runners that are maybe less well-known, but they're not on those teams and they don't really do a great job of being like, here's what I'm doing. Here are my workouts. Mm-hmm. And like, you, well, now Des is taking shit for like promoting her 50 K so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> fastest known 50 K people are like, why don't you like brag about it after you do it? Like, She's gotten like some replies like that. Because the attempt is fun too. I mean, you have Sarah Hall attempting the American record in the marathon project and she didn't do it, but it was still awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We we also have a really toxic, like purist running community that like, I fucking hate. Yeah. There there seems to be two subsections of like the running community where like some are just like, they don't want the pomp and circumstance, I guess. Or uh, I guess that's my, that's where I could come up with that. Of just, or they don't want the hype. They want it to be, quote unquote, blue collar, and like you do your talking on the track. But then you have people like Noah Dryde who just lost his sponsorship for Saucony, even or Saucony even after running, I think the number, like top ten all American all time in the in the marathon, loses his sponsorship somehow. And then you have. No, I don't mean to be a dick. Like the guy with the ba- like guy on the bachelor gets a Hoka Hoka contract. Oh my god! Don't so even like, get me started. <laughs> so there's things like that, and like no, I'm not gonna knock the hustle. Like, hey, if if that's gonna bring more eyes to the sport, that's uh, more eyes to the product. That's great. But that also says a lot about our, our our that we need as a community, and like I guess the older generation of our running running community. That's more the I guess the quote unquote purists needs to get them with the times and say like. This YouTube stuff, this like podcasting stuff, this like, fa- like Instagram people, like we need more of our, we need more insight, and we're getting that. Grant Fisher now has a podcast. Um, then you have like, and that's been pretty good to listen to. Getting it, getting an insight in somebody that might make the Olympic team, um, and then hearing some of the other like people that I listen to, like Sidious does a really good job interviewing people that are like that are pretty high level when they actually get it like hearing Carl Merber, hearing Noah Drotty, hearing these guys that don't really get a chance to talk. Like that's great. Um, but we also like, I, I think for some of them are, it's a little too little too late. And I think uh, we can't be knocking, knocking the hustle of some of our athletes for trying to sponsor themselves and get themselves to be like, I think if you're not hyping up your attempt, then it's the same things. Like if you went after a 50 K attempt and nobody knew what happened, that it even happened. Like you have to do it. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know how you expect to get eyes on the sport if you're not promoting it, because like major networks don't promote distance running. Um, so when someone like Des Linden is on Twitter or whatever social media platform she decides to be on and is promoting the hell out of a 50k that she's about to run, like more power to her. She has a base of people, and her base of people know other runners. So you might as well like promote it that it's going to happen, because then. People know about it. People are going to watch it. Um, the one other point I was going to make is I think just in general, distance running, I, I think just has like an accessibility issue. 
like you can you can turn on cable TV any given week and and find golf, basketball, baseball, football, soccer, whatever. You you don't see track and field on too often unless it's Olympic trials or Olympics. So, um, and most of the time when you have big like Diamond League events, you know they're being broadcast on websites that you have to pay ten bucks to watch it, which obviously doesn't help promote anything if there's a, a pay barrier to it. Yeah, I agree with you. It's always on like ESPN seven after the pool tournament. So <laughs> there's been over this last year, and I guess I'll talk about it into like we'll do highlights on one of the, a future pod highlights over the last year in the future pod. But Sound Running has done some fantastic work. Uh, Sidious did their Texas qualifier. That was like, both of them were free and they took donations and they were really well done. There was actually like a, they, they had a fucking drone. They had a fucking drone. <laughs> like around following the runner. It was so cool. And it was like the announcers were Kyle Merber and Chris Chavez. And it was just really entertaining to listen to. And it was a really well done event. They had research on everybody that they've already, I guess a lot of them are friends, to be honest here. Uh, but it was really well done. And what they did, it was something so different. You, if you were a watcher, you could actually donate to this Go, or as the GoFundMe or Venmo. And that was the prize money. The more people that went in, the prize for the, I think it was like the 5K, each person, the, the winner of the men and the women split it. Like, the fact that we have these, like, I don't mean to, be, I don't mean to, to uh, diminish their work, but, like, tiny publications that are, like, they're putting, they're putting up their own money and our USATF can't do it. <laughs> Nike's not doing it. Like, what the heck? Like, it's, like. It's, I was just going to say right there, the fact that, just your average viewer had to donate money for these people, to, for these guys and girls to win prize money is, I, I mean, how does that make sense? Does that happen with any other sport? Yeah. Where the viewers, <laughs> I mean, obviously ticket sales and stuff, but mm-hmm. like, no, I'm actually donating you money to give to these guys and girls for winning races because yeah. they deserve it. And we finished, like, we finished. How, how can you not find sponsorship? We finished the stream afterward, and it was like the cool thing was like every event had like a sponsor to it. So like Tracksmith had some like, and it helped Tracksmith have some like this like random real estate company out of Texas had one like, and I think that helped to like fund the cost of like the actual filming and everything like that. But like, at the end of the day, like this is possible, and it doesn't take that much money to do so. And like all of us that finished watching were like, I'd pay five dollars to watch the stream. I pay ten dollars to watch this me. Like it was cool enough to be able to do that. But I don't know. Any any other thoughts on this? I think we rambled off a lot of it. I guess uh, I think we'll talk about the other topic on a different time, uh, mm-hmm. as far as like representation. Uh, I think that's a good topic of conversation later on. But uh, yeah, as far as right now, we did have some questions, so let's go to the fun part. Let's end on a good note. So. I asked for some questions. I think, Nicole, you asked some questions, didn't you? Mm-hmm. How about you throw some questions up? I'll figure mine out. <laughs> Sam Stevens Jones asks, shirt updates, please and thank you. 
38. Wait, what? Shirt updates. What's a shirt? <laughs> like what I wear? A thing you wear? 57. How many shirts? How many shirts do I wear? You've been on this podcast long enough. You know this question. I don't know. I think I was drunk the last time I answered it. Like running shirts. <laughs> oh I'm gonna. God. I'm gonna go with at least sixty-three. Back in sixty-three. I'm gonna go with sixty-nine. Nice. Perfect. Nice. <laughs> Nicole, what you got? Um, what is your favorite speed workout? I'm a I'm a solid six by one k kind of girl. Speed. That's that's long. That's a long. <laughs> that's not. That's not a speed workout. That's uh, long. That's like my. That's like a peak week workout for my marathon training. Keen, you've done a couple speed stuff now. Oh boy. <laughs> um. As much as I like hated it when I did it, I think it was it three on three minutes on like one minute 30 off that one i, I had some good feels at the end because like the recovery was really short and it was like 10k pace you kind of feel like no 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 i'm lying i'm lying i liked that i didn't well i didn't like it but that six four three two one oh. that one was that one I did you feel in some kind of way. I did that one over Dublin Road, the the trail on the backside. Nicole and I went for our hill workout. Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of my workouts back there. And it's like up and down. It's like, that was not fun. I have the uh, FKT there. It's ah. like 520 pace going through that. Damn. Not, Damn. Not, can I guess what yours is, Brent? Uh, sure. 400s? Yeah, probably six, 16 by 400 I liked in college. Uh, 20 by 200 as well, I'm a big fan of. There's a... Uh, What's the recovery on that? Um, it's usually either a 200 jog or 60 seconds. Okay. Yeah. I had one. There's a name for it in Ohio. Uh, somebody told me about that there was a name for this, but I completely forget what it is. It, I just called it Hammer 400s. That you just have... It was like 12 times 400 and uh, randomly they'll say push or hammer, and I don't know when it's happening. And uh, so that was like my one of my favorite workouts. I'm a 400 guy. I, I like 400 repeats. Uh, I can trick myself into thinking it's only 60 seconds, and it's like not that hard. <laughs> like that's not that long to do. Um, so that's that's probably my favorite. Um, we have more questions here. These are gonna just be be rapid fire. Yeah, a little bit more rapid fire. Um, we're not going to answer this one. Uh, Pakistan, had a quick one for me. Your healthy and fittest you've ever said. Uh, what contributed to that? How much further further do you think you can go? Uh, what has kept me healthy? Kept me healthy is taking it easy. <laughs> taking it easy and also being very conservative with my things. Um, I think we do the same thing with Keen, uh, with uh, Ryan, and we do the same thing with Whitney, and, and even with uh, Nick, both Nicks that I'm coaching. If any pain, any snag that happens, it's okay to take a day off. It's okay to like take an easy day. It's like it doesn't like for the long-term benefit of your running, it's better just to take an easy day. Um, we're not answering that one yet, ever, not yet. Uh, how, how do you not let your ego get in the way or body when you feel good during easy run days? 
because uh, as the quote goes, it's always more fun to run running fast. It's running fast is always more fun than running slow. How do you let your ego? How do you throw your ego aside and say we're running slow today? It's just really fun when you go out for a run at 10 minute pace. And then the next day you go out and you're, you're like 400 reps are at like 520 pace and everybody's like, what the actual fuck? And that's what keeps me going. King. I just love going slow. I don't think there's <laughs> like, <laughs> I just like enjoying the world around me. I don't like to feel pain. And so I just, I just like to keep it easy. I've never had a problem. Like, I mean, over the last, like, five or six years, I just haven't had a problem like slowing down. Like I've seen a lot of fast people benefit from it. And I just, I love it. Yeah, Keen, I've never had to like twist your arm to run slow. <laughs> I think you actually say thank you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's do it. When you get the easy days with lots of whys, she's like, oh, we're going 930s today. <laughs> yeah, we're going, we're going slow. Brent, what about you? Me and you like to hammer in long runs when we were in college. I think uh, it's still longer uh, that I'm, I'm still ex- uh, exceptionally proud of was at, uh, I think it was like 18, 17 or 18 miles at like 610 average. Yeah, I, I had a couple of those in college. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit contrarian to you guys as to where I'm, I'm okay with going a little quicker on my easy runs as long as it's smooth, um, as long as you're not pushing it too, too hard. Um, so I'm all for listening to what my body's telling me. So if my body's telling me we're feeling good today, I'm going to run the faster end of my easy day, uh, my easy pace. Mm-hmm. So if that means I'm dipping below sevens, then so be it. I'm, I'm not going to go hammer ever, but um, uh, I'm very uh, like, listen to my body is, is how I run basically every single day. Um, so if it's telling me you feel like garbage today, then yeah, I have no problem running seven thirties. But if it's telling me that you're, you feel good today. I, I don't have a problem running 645, 650, 655 mm-hmm. for, for my easy runs. Um, as long as, again, I'm not like out of breath as I'm doing it. Um, I've, I've never had, like in, in college, it was, it was too fast. Um, yeah. I'm better about it now listening. Um, and that's just come with more experience, but, uh, yeah. So yeah. It, it's just listening to what, what my body is telling me to do. I would say the same at this point. Like I, I have some easy runs that are running six fifties or six forties, just because like I feel good. Uh, but it's nothing like I'm not closing in six ten or sub six like I was in college because I felt great. I'm gonna take advantage of it. Um, throwing your ego aside, I mean, you have a workout. As long as you have like a scheduled workout throughout the week, I think that makes it easier. And knowing that like you have two days that you're gonna push. Um, also, go run with friends. <laughs> just do that when you get a chance to. If like I know it's as things open up, like try to find people to run with uh, that you don't care about pace with or even wrong people are slower than you. It's not always bad. Um, you got one. Yeah. What's your favorite movie that has inspired you? I'm going to say um, Halloween. <laughs> A movie that's inspired us. Yeah. Like in running. In Just life. in anything in your life. Oh. Your life, man. <laughs> Space Jam. Oh my God, yes. Miracle on Ice. <laughs> that movie. I wonder if those Miracle on Thrice, like the band Thrice. Miracle on Thrice. Uh, I, I think life in a day, for me, like, it just seeing humanity in people made me want to be a better person. <laughs> so, I guess I go with that. Um, 
or even some like racing movies. Like I, and I would watch Pro Hall Junkies before every ra- every major race because it hyped me up. Uh, our resident gunner owner had some questions for us. Uh, would you rather be too hot or too cold for a run? Too hot. Too cold makes me b- bad. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to say. I, uh, I don't know because I don't like going out in the cold and being cold. I like going out in the cold and wearing enough and being comfortable, but I also don't like being hot. <laughs> like I don't like overheating in the sun. If it's in the winter, I would say I'd rather be too hot. If it's in the summer, I'd rather be too cold. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. Brett, what you got? I, I will take too hot all the time. I am a freeze baby and I don't like cold. Cold doesn't agree with my body, especially my hands and my knees. So give me hot all the time. If I'm working out, I'm going to go with cold, even though I think I have rain outs now. Like my hands like actually hurt. So I have to put on multiple gloves. But I also like I've never had, I don't think I've ever had a workout where like I failed because it was too cold. I've had many of workouts where I failed because it was too hot. So I'm going to go with the... Uh, Go with the farmer. Uh, a resident gunner owner also asked, uh, what's your go-to nutrition before a hard workout? He said no nutrition before before a run. I'm just going to say Saturday run, you got a hard workout. What are you going to be eating? Like a long run? Yeah. I usually have toast and or a bagel with peanut butter and jelly. And then I also will usually eat a banana and one of those honey stinger waffle things. And then I, I take gels. I usually take a gel before I start because I'm crazy. I just do a Dave's bagel, Dave's Killer Bread Bagel, which has some protein in it. And then I do, I just like a little bit of peanut butter. I'm not like a big peanut butter person. Um, so I just do like a light spread on there. And then I do sometimes put some jelly on there when I'm feeling spicy. Hey, yo, Dave, if you're listening, uh, sponsors. <laughs> Dave. Love you, Good Dave. Good old Dave. Um, for me, it's probably like uh, bagel or toast with peanut butter and honey on it. And then I'll probably eat like a granola bar or something too. Um, and then just drink mm. water. If, if I have enough time, like I'll, I'll have a coffee in the morning. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I don't know. I think it was your phone vibrating or I something. Know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, go, I go toast, uh, butter toast. Uh, and uh, I've been doing actually uh, a kind bar. I think it's a kind bar. I really don't know. I, I eat that. Uh, also, I do three pierogies, uh, steak on top. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was wondering if you guys were really listening. Uh, no, I just do that. Uh, if I'm doing typically a race, I'll do like a bagel and uh, a honey stinger, and I'll do Martin, like a Martin water, just to get me going. Now it's like it's I'm honey stinger gel or honey stinger waffle. Waffle. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's typically what I do. Um, let's see. We had a couple more here. Resident gunner owner again. Invited to a cookout. What you bringing? Macaroni salad. A good macaroni salad, though. Not like shitty macaroni salad. Buffalo chicken dip. Buff dip. Buff chick dip. We good with that. Brent, what are you bringing? Um, we'll go... We'll either bring coleslaw or I make a pineapple mango salsa Ooh. that I like to make. So 
That sounds excellent. Guac's also a good go-to. What you don't know is like, this was us judging whether you can come to the cookout, Brent. <laughs> Brent's moving down here. He's coming yeah, to the we're cookout. We're good. We're good. See you, Theo? Go meet Brent. I have uh, one. Um, I didn't get to say one. What? You didn't say when he was bringing to the cookout. You said here. buff chick dip. I thought no, that was he, your answer. Was, no. I thought you you said buff chick dip. Yep. And I was like, okay. No, yeah, I'm cool okay. with that. I don't oh, know. I thought you, you were like buff chick dip. I thought you were like coffee. Like, I was like, okay. You think I'm going to make buff chick dip? I was like. throw everything in a pot. I was like. I was like. Yeah, I was like, is Chris just bringing an alternative version? I guess that's okay. We're just going to have a lot of buff chick dip. Yeah. Did you make buff chick dip? What are you bringing then? Beer. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to bring beer. Or a guac. I bring a decent guac. Yes, all of the above. Avocado tequila. Thank Tom Brady. Ooh. Um, Spicy Margs. Ooh. Um, what is your song that you use for inspiration? And what is your favorite lyric from that song? Um, WAP by Cardi B. And, it's a, and my favorite. <laughs> no, I really want to know what your favorite line of that song is. Yeah, you fucking with <laughs> Finish. <laughs> I think we'll get kicked off of Grab a bucket okay. and a mop. <laughs> it's the bucket and the mop part. And like, because then I think about my sweat and I just start like going faster. For this wet ass sweaty person. <laughs> Go. Uh, Go. Well, I mean, I like the song, the song Wait For It from Hamilton. Um, and there's this line in there. And it's like really depressing. I'm about to like drop a hammer after all that WAP talk. But the line that says, um, if there's a reason that I'm still alive when everyone who loves me has died, then I'm willing to wait for it. And I was like, wait for it, wait for it. Brent, what you got? I don't have a good answer to this. <laughs> um, Is your favorite song WAP too? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I listen to too many like inspirational songs. Well, it doesn't have to be like super inspirational. It could just be like it could just be what gets you, want, you going while you're running, and not in that way because I said wop, <laughs> wop, wop, wop. Did you watch the Grammys when they sang wop and they said no, you with some wop, wop, wop? No, well, I mean, because like my answer was going to be a little bit different too. Like I, it's not necessarily like lyrics that get me. It's like mostly like like breakdowns in music, like the uh, beat drops. Yeah, so. Uh, jumbled gem when it's like the full breakdown of just like the actual like all the orchestra hitting or the end of power uh, where like you have a kind of piano in the background that's like my favorite part uh, Beauty and the Beast from uh, The King's Dead has like a whole like monologue that happens at the end that's like if I'm getting ready for a race that's always great for me uh, not really any lyrics or Formula One theme song taking that too and I think Brent's actually checking some songs for himself, too. Um, yeah, Beauty and the players. Beast is also a nice Disney hit that you can really jam to if you're trying to go hard. Which one? Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I would have thought the um, Be Our Guest would have been the jam. Oh, yeah. I also really, Ooh. like, this is nerdy. Let's get down to Christmas. Oh. Uh, yeah, I like the song uh, Victory Music by Machine Gun Kelly. Well, that's a good song. I don't know if I have like a specific lyric from it, but I just the whole song is kind of in general feels good. It did. It did. I think my phone just died. It's over. 
All right. What the pod's over? No, it's it's getting there. We're we're probably gonna be closing the pod pretty we should soon. Do some outros. Uh, you have any final questions for us? No. I think I remember one last question here, and it was, "Would you rather have?" I think it was, "I'd rather have an uphill or a flat." Like, rather have an uphill at the beginning of twenty four, the twenty fourth mile of a marathon, or at the end of twenty fourth mile of a marathon. What the beginning or the end of it? Yeah, I think that was something like that. Why would it doesn't we... seem like that's those are both very poor choices. I would rather just not have an uphill at any point in the marathon. Actually, I I really do thrive on hills, so. You know, I like to have them done at the beginning because, like, you go up and then you go really hard down and you go up and then you go down and then you're, like, all energized. Like, that keeps me going. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think that was an actual question, but, like, (laughs) so we had technical difficulties, but we got through a lot of pod today. We appreciate you guys listening. We definitely do. I miss doing this. This is a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, next time, Keen's going to be able to drink and, uh, and, and Theo is going to be like meowing. Yeah, we'll do a drunk podcast after the 10K. Yes. <laughs> so you guys get two episodes this week. Holy truck. <laughs> Holy truck. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Nicole, where can they follow you? I'm Nicole the Runner on Instagram. And I very, very recently caught a. Um, a, a shiny of like really ugly Pokemon that end in us and they have like these clouds and they like sit on these clouds and I caught a shiny. If you want to add me on Pokemon Go, I am Nikki Smalls XO. Message me for my friend code. Nikki Smalls. It's my yeah. favorite. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> can we update your Instagram name? That's pretty good. No. I mean, I could probably do that to my personal account. What about you, Keen? Where can they follow you? You can follow me at keen underscore for run on Instagram. Um, starting to get into the TikTok world. So um, I'm just Katie Keenan on there, but I've been doing some fun like running TikToks um, that, you know, get the people going sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's about it. And I'm on Strava too, Katie Keenan there. What about you, Brett? Um, I'm Hunter Runner on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to play Xbox games with me, Lil Hunter Five is where to find me. Lil Hunter, Lil Hunter, L I L. Oh, like Lil Bow Wow. Yeah, except better. Chris's phone died again. Phone died again. That was about six. You just let it lay. I know, let it lay. Uh you just completed a yoga session. You weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, so you're lying to the people. Uh, He's been sitting here doing yoga this whole time. It just didn't upload. It just uploaded. So, I don't know why. So uh, you can follow me at Beers and Miles. You can follow... Yeah, I think... I don't really blog too much. I think I did do a blog recently, so... Uh, yeah, I did a blog recently, so beersandmiles.com. That happened over the last month. Uh, if you want to play video games with us, uh, XC Chris, XCCRIS, or Pokemon, Pokemon Go. I'm on there too. That's he doesn't open gifts. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I need to get more of a uh, bag because I can't fit as many gifts there. I just so. need you both to open my gifts because we're getting really close to being best friends and I want that double XP. Oh, I was like, I didn't get a gift. Mm. You, oh, best you... friend, that's not best friend. <laughs> 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 I 
I grew up, I grew up yeah. at it up in the gifts too. Yeah. I always forget yeah. about it. Uh, and uh, what was I going to say about Pokemon Go? What was I going to say about Pokemon Go? Uh, yeah, I've uh, yeah, I've been doing pretty well Pokemon Go. I somehow can't find a uh, uh, what's the Butterfree? Uh, the early the the cat the little fucking Caterpie. Yeah, I can't find one that's a good level. So if you guys have one, send me over one. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, if you like Ralts, fuck you. <laughs> All my homies hate Ralts. Listen, Ralts. you heard this here. I'm about to break some secret, startling news. Cristobal Gutierrez III came to my house, ate Catalinas with me, and asked me to trade him a good Ralts. You heard it here first, kids. <laughs> That's not making the pod. That's not making the pod. Did you really Keep do it? That? All my all my homies hate Ralts. <laughs> all my homies hate Ralts. Uh, yeah, uh, give us a follow. And uh, we we play video games a lot. And uh, Evan and Juice and uh, Max, we we play we play a lot of quad trios. And we uh, we start streaming now too. So if uh, any listeners want to play with us and stream with us, we're down a we're down a clown. And I'll be a complete liability, like always. But anyways, if you have any questions for us, we'd appreciate you leaving us a question at beardsmiles.com. That is beardsmiles.com. How? Oh, no, beardsmiles.gmail.com. There we go, beardsmiles.gmail.com. Uh, give us a uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Um, share the podcast, and uh, we appreciate you because we are getting to the end of the podcast. And the odd pod- end of the podcast is coming out now. See you later. Bye. 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 You sounded so uncomfortable. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>